Hello, and welcome to Peter Pan Man Dan, a podcast about fatherhood. I'm Dan, a screenwriter and first-time father, and these are my adventures. This episode is called The Compliment Game, and is about my wife and I discovering a way to be nicer to each other. Meredith and I were fast to say I love you. It happened when we were still doing the long-distance thing after connecting on Twitter. She was an iBanker working for Credit Suisse in New York City, and I was a dumpy writer in Los Angeles, chasing the dream while being a massive Peter Pan man. I mean, I lived in a bachelor pad adorned in Wes Anderson and the Big Lebowski posters, for Christ's sake. Meredith had flown into town for the MLK weekend. We had just eaten sushi at Sugarfish, where we had just sucked down 24 ounces of sake and a couple of jumbo Sapporos. I hadn't completely given up booze at this point. I guess I was in denial about the control it still had over me. Then, outside the restaurant buzzed from the delicious alcohol and in the company of a beautiful woman, I was hit with a burst of euphoria. After eight years of utter loneliness, I suddenly felt like nothing bad would ever happen to me again, and that everyone I loved would live forever. Hell, maybe my dead dad would come back to life. I looked over at Meredith, took her hand, and pulled her in close. My breath probably romantically reeked of sashimi, seaweed, and beer. But I still went for it. You know what? I said. What? She said. I love you, I said. Thankfully, she said it back. We sealed our declaration with a fishy kiss. We had known each other for less than a month. After that, our love grew, then aged like a fine wine. It got stronger and better with time as we got more and more used to one another. We started to say, I love you with greater frequency. Our hearts filling with that sense of security you feel when you know someone else truly cares about you. We even developed a silent, shorthand way of telling each other when we were in public. After all, we didn't want to be one of those overly obnoxious couples drooling and cooing over each other. We just give each other a double tap on the wrist. One tap for love and the other for you. Tap, tap. Love you. We kept doing the long-distance grind for a few months, traveling 2,500 miles each way to see one another every other weekend. We eventually decided that being apart was too painful. So, Meredith found a new finance job in Westwood and gave Credit Suisse her two weeks. She packed a couple of suitcases and moved to Los Angeles. Family and friends were left scratching their heads, wondering what she saw in this slob that made her so willing to sacrifice so much. She moved into my bachelor pad apartment with the Wes Anderson posters, but we soon found a bigger place and made it our own. We added Maple to the mix, got married, and now had Theo. What had started as a sushi kiss had turned into a life. But when you decide to spend eternity with someone, it's not all sake shots and sushi kisses. It's mostly dull, not-so-magical moments, with a few memorable ones sprinkled in. You have to learn how to traverse those boring moments to get to another special one. It's getting through all the uneventful shit, like doing laundry, cleaning the bathroom, doing the dishes, that can make or break your relationship. After all, getting along when you're on vacation is easy. The miracle of having a baby was certainly a special moment, truly one of the greatest, The joy I felt when I saw Theo's screaming face was more powerful than anything I've experienced in my life. 
and I've been drunk on absinthe in Prague. But then that elation is replaced by the overwhelming task of having to take care of your shrieking little hell monster. In many ways, a child completely changes your relationship, especially as you march through the infant shit show. Not only are you going through a series of other adjustments, like getting used to less sleep, having limited free time, being less selfish, rarely seeing friends, but the most important relationship in your life is also slowly being rewritten. Your focus is no longer about making each other happy. Date nights and weekend getaways and walks to the ocean with your perfect dog are now a thing of the past. And now, it's all about giving your baby a healthy, happy life. You go from couch buddy, slash dinner partner, slash lover, slash companion, to project manager. Meredith and I were experiencing this adjustment as we concluded our second month of Theo's life. We were so laser-focused on caring for him that we forgot to love each other. We stopped saying I love you as much as we needed to hear it. We stopped double-tapping while in public, mainly because we were always home. We stopped going out for sushi dinners. Hell, we were lucky to sit down for a meal together. We now ate in shifts, one of us bouncing Theo on our shoulder while the other shoveled food in our mouths as fast as Joey Chestnut at a hot dog eating contest. This all started to take a toll on our relationship. We were tired and frustrated, especially after our exhausting battle with COVID. Eventually, our alter egos, Dickhead Dan and Night Meredith, started making appearances during the daytime. Once thrilled to travel 2,500 miles to see each other, it now felt like we couldn't stand being in the same room. Around this time, I remember thinking that it's amazing that 100% of couples with an infant don't get divorced. I was shocked that the strains and intensity that childcare requires didn't make everyone just say, fuck this, and pack it in. Every baby should come with a marriage counselor and therapist. Meredith undoubtedly resented me because she was doing most of the work. I was around. But unfortunately, biology dictates that the mom is more important than the dad in the early months of childhood. Meredith had grown Theo inside of her, birthed him, and was now the primary source of his food and nutrition. Theo didn't need me, and he knew it. He wasn't really responding or connecting to me. Hell, he liked Mickey Mouse more than my fat face. I was mostly just an extra set of hands to give Meredith the occasional break. Even my fart noises and funny faces, the one thing I knew I could do better than Meredith, were not being met with any excitement. He did like peeing on me for some reason, though, so I guess I was providing him with a toilet. No matter how hard I tried, the workload split was somewhere around 75-25. It was impossible to get to 50-50. So, I get why Meredith felt like she wasn't getting a fair deal. It was as if we had been assigned a group project at school, and she did all the research and wrote the paper while I freeloaded to an A. I know I portray myself as being a bit of a degenerate, whiny, childish asshole. I make fun of myself and how shitty I am at life. But I felt like I was giving it my all. Having had a wonderful, involved father, I wanted to pay that forward and also be a great dad. There was nothing more important to me. I was sacrificing my runs and movies and work. I was never seeing any friends. And all so that I could be around to be a good dad. My life was being drained into Theo even if I wasn't breastfeeding him. But since Meredith was MVPing like LeBron James, it felt like none of my efforts were being recognized or appreciated. 
As a writer, being insecure is part of the job. Until someone says those magical, I love this, words, I assume what I've created is a pile of shit sandwiches. I was feeling the same need for validation when it came to Theo. I mean, I didn't need a world's greatest dad medal, though a trophy would have been really nice. I was trying to praise Meredith. You're a great mom, I'd tell her. Thanks, trying to be. I feel like I'm doing a shitty job, though, she said. I can say with 100% certainty that you're not doing a shitty job, I said. After tossing her some praise, I was expecting her to give some back. A sort of I-scratch-your-back-you-scratch-mine deal. Hell, maybe she'd even mention that she'd nominated me for that world's greatest dad medal or trophy I'd been desperately seeking. But she said nothing. When you're out of Neverland and marching through baby hell, there's no one else there to say you're doing a good job but those you're in hell with. Meredith wasn't praising me. Maple would only give me licks to get my attention so I could feed her or take her out for a sit and shit. And Thea wasn't giving me anything back except cries and golden showers. Though I would occasionally pretend he was giving me a compliment. What's that, Theo? You think I'm a great dad and you appreciate everything I'm doing for you? Ah, thanks, buddy, I'd say. What's that, Theo? You want to give me a thank you kiss on the cheek? <laughs> well, okay, I'd say, then force his lips onto my equally chubby cheeks. But those compliments and cheek kisses didn't count. I remember thinking it would be awesome if there was some service that just texted me the phrase, you're doing a good job, at the end of every day. But that service doesn't exist. This lack of validation left me feeling like I was a bad father. I brought this up to Meredith. So I know I'm not as amazing as you are, but I could use some praise now and then, I said, feeling a little like Helen Hunt's character in As Good As It Gets, demanding that Jack Nicholson gives her a compliment. Yeah, we all could, she said. I mean, I think I'm doing more than most dads do. You're lucky I'm not some deadbeat, I continued, feeling like it was genuinely true. Dan, I'm hardly sleeping because I'm up with Theo all night. Then I'm with him all day, she argued, making a really good point. I know, you're amazing, but when's the last time you said something nice to me? I asked Meredith. She paused to think about it. I can't remember, she said. I can't either, I said. Don't you think that's a problem? Look, Dan, I don't have the time to stroke your ego. The order of things in this house I care about are number one, Theo, number two, Maple, and number three, you, she said. I was instantly hurt. I mean, that was the right order. She should certainly care more about her infant baby than me. And Maple is a national treasure who deserves all the care and attention in the world. God, I love her so much. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't hard to hear that I had slipped down the Meredith Love power rankings. You're making me feel like shit. You need to be nicer to me, I said as I slinked off hurt, feeling as useless as a broken Nintendo Switch controller. So I started to resent Meredith right back, which in turn made this trip through hell even harder. I hated how we were acting. I hated that we were treating each other like the enemy instead of teammates. I think what we were experiencing was completely normal. When things are hard, people tend to blame the people around them before realizing they're on the same side. Instead of blaming, we needed to embrace each other. We needed to realize that we had the same goals and that the odds of those goals being achieved would increase if we worked together. I know I sound like a high school soccer coach or some motivational speaker at a company retreat, 
Dan Zig Ziglar Marshall over here. But it was true. We needed to stop taking our childcare frustrations out on each other. We were doing our best. And we were now doing it all completely alone. Meredith's parents had packed up their car and driven back to New Jersey. So it was as important as ever that we stopped resenting each other and started working together to manage this little hell demon. Er, angel. I meant angel. A total blessed angel. Love you so much, Theo. But we were both acting stubborn, so we kept feuding like we were starring in Marriage Story 2. With our help now gone, more fell directly on Meredith. Her parents leaving also coincided with me getting back to a more regular work schedule. I'd started renting a desk at Evil WeWork, so I had a place to focus for a few babyless hours. Maple came with me, though she refused to walk the roughly four blocks. I had to toss her lazy ass in her doggy stroller. Despite the mounting pressure, Meredith continued to get better and better at caring for Theo. She wasn't trying to jam other things into her life, like I was with movies, jogs, and work. Theo was her life. So she became the Theo Whisperer. She knew exactly what he wanted before he wanted it. She was constantly saying, That cry means he's hungry. Or, That face means he's tired. Or, That moan means he needs a diaper change. It was amazing to watch her learn how to become a mom with such ease. The result was that she quickly blew past me in caregiving abilities. So when I'd watched Theo, I was admittedly not as good. I'd make some mistakes. I would mess up so often she'd end up getting frustrated with me, saying, Here, let me do it, while wrestling Theo away. One day she noticed I had accidentally left a little smudge of shit on Theo's balls when changing his diaper. At the time of the changing, I was tired. Meredith was still sleeping, so I was swapping diapers on the changing table in our bedroom without the benefit of much light or energy. So, I goofed up. You have to wipe him properly. Get everything, all the crevices, she said. I should have just nodded and said that she was right. Because she was. But I started to get defensive. It's like one speck of shit, I said. Yeah, but it's full of bacteria. You don't want him getting an infection, she said. I mean, would you want shit on your balls? Yep, absolutely, I'd love some, I wanted to say just to be an asshole. Of course not, but look, I didn't mean to, obviously. I wasn't like, hey, I should leave a little shit on his balls just for fun. I want to give Theo the best care possible, I said. Well, sometimes I don't trust you to do that, she said. Jesus, I'm sorry I didn't wipe all the shit off him. I'll be more careful next time. But this isn't some indictment on my parenting skills, I said. We agreed to disagree. The tension was building. There were lots of other instances of similar magnitude to the shit on the balls thing that Meredith would call out. So the growing criticism and ongoing lack of praise continued to make me feel like I was being a shitty father. Maybe I'm not cut out for this baby business, I told Maple while we were out for a sit and shit one night. Believe me, I'm not either, but we're in this together, Maple implied with a look. Ah, thanks for being there for me, Maple, I said. Of course, and sorry you suck ass at being a dad, she implied. Not your fault, say. Should we go inside and get you a treat, I said. Now you're talking. Hey, at least you're still good at taking care of me. Chin up, she implied. Then things started to change. Theo was acting like the biggest baby in the history of babies. 
just fussing and refusing to nap. We had had a hard couple of weeks adjusting to Meredith's parents being gone, so I stayed home from work to help, my dreams of becoming the next Aaron Sorkin fading into the California sunset. As Meredith was attempting to calm Theo, bopping him on her shoulder, looking like she was about to melt into a pile of tears, she said, Theo, please shut the fuck up. Instead of shaking my head and saying she should never talk to Theo like that, I just smiled. What are you smiling at? She said. During some of Theo's nighttime tantrums when my frustration and fatigue was peaking, I had also pleaded with Theo to kindly shut the fuck up. I wasn't proud. In fact, I was horrified that this instinctively came out of me. Maybe I wasn't a world's greatest dad type, but rather a world's greatest asshole. I mean, what kind of psycho tells an innocent infant to shut the fuck up? I just hoped he was still too young to ever remember me saying it. I guess we'll know if his first words are, Daddy told me to shut the fuck up. It's just, well, I've also told him to shut the fuck up, I admitted to Meredith. Meredith smiled at me. Then we laughed. It was a breakthrough. We proceeded to talk about how hard everything was. This is all just so hard, isn't it? I said. Yeah, it's way harder than I thought it would be, she admitted. Me too. I mean, I thought it would be hard, but this is really, really hard, I said. Up until this point, we had been unwilling to acknowledge taking care of a baby was hard. I think it's taboo to just admit it's difficult. Society expects us to speak about babies like they're these endless blessings who shit nothing but sunshine. But recognizing they sort of suck and caring for them is hard doesn't make us serial killers. I think people worry that admitting this is a sign that they don't love or want their child. It's not. We love Theo so much. He's truly the best thing in the world. I'm endlessly happy he exists. The only regret I have is not having him sooner so I could get even more time in my life with him. But what we were going through was hard. Meredith and I had been soldiering through this hell journey without communicating to each other about how difficult it was. We weren't confiding in each other or venting our frustrations. We hadn't formed a two-person support group. We needed to go back to being partners. We needed to remember how much we loved each other when we kissed after sushi all those years ago. You know, sometimes he just needs to shut the fuck up, Meredith said. I know, completely agree. He's pushing his luck. He needs to just shut the fuck up and accept that we're doing our best, I joked. We smiled at each other again. I know it sounds completely despicable that verbally assaulting our crying baby was this bonding moment and turning point, but the truth is, it was. It made Meredith and I realize that we were on the same team. I wanted to keep the good vibes going, so I thought of an idea. Back in my alcoholic days, my Utah drinking buddies and I came up with a game one night. We were at the stage of the evening where we were doing fireball shots in the kitchen like pussies. We were each commiserating about some personal hardship. One pal had a shitty dad who left when she was young and continued to be mostly absent. Another had a broken heart. And my dad had just died, something I was struggling to come to terms with. We collectively felt like life was beating the shit out of us. So... While we were numbing ourselves with booze, we decided to take turns giving each other a heartfelt compliment. And these compliments felt great. We loved it. It was amazing to hear something positive about yourself, and it felt even better to deliver an accolade to someone else. 
I know it's frou-frou, feel-good bullshit, but sometimes you need that extra bit of love. Sometimes you need to be reminded that others see the magic in you. We called it the compliment game and started playing it anytime we got drunk together, which, lucky for us, was frequently. I loved it so much I brought the compliment game back to California. So, when I was especially drunk with pals, I'd bust it out. I added the element that you could accept or reject a compliment if you didn't think it was sincere enough. If you rejected, the person had to come up with another, even better compliment. If you accepted, everyone had to clap. Everyone always accepted. I mean, you'd have to be a real cold-hearted son of a bitch to not like a compliment. Some friends, mostly my cynical comedy writer pals, thought it was the dumbest, most awkward shit in the world. But most of my other friends embraced it. I found that most women really loved it, and giving them a heartfelt compliment was an amazing way of subtly hitting on them. I thus started to use the compliment game to try to get laid every now and again, even though I wasn't in the business of getting laid very much at the time. The compliment game always ended with you feeling better about yourself, and the silly game taught me how to give some deep, meaningful compliments to some of my best pals, and to girls I was trying to sleep with. I had effectively retired the compliment game when I stopped drinking. It was best done while hammered. Plus, I had met Meredith. I didn't need to use it to get laid. I had played it with her some when we first started dating, but she isn't a super mushy type. She's got that Jersey toughness in her, so she didn't love it. But as we journeyed through hell and finally started to recognize we were teammates, it felt like the perfect time to bring it out of retirement. So, I was thinking we need to be nicer to each other. After all, we're all we got, I said. I agree, said Meredith. I suggest at the end of the day, no matter how tired we are or how much we hate each other, that we give each other a heartfelt compliment, I said. Oh God, is this your silly compliment game thing? She said. Yeah, but I feel like we could use it, I said. Okay, I like it. Let's try it, said Meredith. So we did. After Theo was asleep and we were enjoying some peace and serenity on the couch, we'd bust them out. Your compliment for today is that it was really nice of you to watch Theo this morning so I could do a Peloton ride, said Meredith. Ah, thanks, boo. And of course, gotta get your hot booty back, I said. Yeah, I do, said Meredith. Your compliment is that you do so much for others, but it's so nice to see you do something for yourself, I said. Ah, thanks, Meredith said. We'd kiss and give each other a double tap on the wrist. Okay, I better get to bed so I can rest before our little hellion gets me up again, said Meredith. Don't forget to tell him to shut the fuck up if he gets out of line, I joked. As Theo started to sleep more and we got more rest, we had the mental capacity to give even more compliments. Your compliment for today is that you continue to improve your motherhood skills every day. It's been amazing to watch you grow as a mom. I have no doubt that you'll continue to learn more and more and get better and better. Theo is one lucky baby, I said. Ah, thanks. Your compliment is that I like that we're being nicer to each other, Meredith said. Me too, I said. Another night I said, Your compliment is that you go to war for the people you love. You're a tough cookie, and you apply that toughness towards making sure that me, Theo, and Maple are all looked after. In turn, it makes our lives better. So I guess what I'm saying is thank you for making our lives better. 
Oh man, that's a good one, Meredith said. She paused for a minute to come up with something that matched mine. I had years of experience playing the compliment game, so I was admittedly a pro. Yours is that I enjoy watching you interact with Theo, even if he's not giving much back yet. I can still see the two of you falling in love and adoring each other, she said. Ah, yeah, I love the little guy, even if he sucks sometimes, I said. I started looking forward to the compliment game, and doing this small exercise at the end of the day seemed to have a big effect on our behavior towards one another. Sure, it felt like it was ripped straight out of a marriage counseling book, but still, it worked. As we continued to shower each other with compliments, we started to be nicer to each other. We were both feeling more appreciated, like our hard work was paying off and being recognized. We realized that we were on this journey through hell together, side by side, teammates, and knowing that simple truth instantly made everything easier. Our treatment of each other led to Theo getting better care from both of us. Meredith eventually started to teach me how to not suck so bad at caring for him. And instead of being a stubborn prick, I actually listened. No more poop on Theo's balls. It made my insecure ass feel like I was being a better dad. And I'm sure Theo appreciated us being kinder to one another as well. No matter how little a kid is, it's probably not the best idea to fight in front of them. This all resulted in us telling Theo to shut the fuck up much less. Thanks for not telling me to shut the fuck up as much, Theo implied. You're sure welcome, buddy. Thanks for not acting in a way that makes me want to yell shut the fuck up at you, I said. I owed a lot of this progress to the compliment game. What was once a tool to make me feel good when my life was in the dumps was now fixing my relationship while helping me be a better dad. And best part, all of this started to help me get laid again. Booyah, baby! One night, I told Meredith her compliment. You made falling in love with you easy. That's why I said I love you so fast. Your laugh, your smile, your willingness to give up everything to be with me. I know it was hard to leave your life behind in New York and New Jersey. But know that I appreciate it, and I feel that love and dedication every day. Ah, well, I got Theo out of the move, so it was all worth it, Meredith said. Plus, I got you. Don't forget about Maple, I said. Oh yeah, Maple, she's still the best, Meredith said as we looked over at Maple, who released a massive snore. I pulled Meredith in for a hug like we were back in front of Sugarfish, with the world still in front of us, and said, You know what? What, she said. I love you, I said. I love you too, she said. This has been Peter Pan Man Dan, a Mangano Movies and Media podcast. Thanks for listening. On the next episode of Peter Pan Man Dan, I find a friend to vent to in an unlikely place. Talk to you then.